I just assumed that people would not book me if I did make them pay a retainer, but that could not be further from the truth. Welcome to the Book More Clients Photography Podcast. You can stop spending hours on Google and YouTube because you just found your number one resource for growing a profitable and sustainable photography business. Hi, I'm Brooke Jefferson. I'm a believer, wife, mama to two, and Oklahoma family photographer. I left the classroom in 2018 to pursue my photography career full-time. Now, I'm here to help you do the same. In this podcast, we're covering the most asked about topics, including pricing, marketing, client experience, and all things systems and workflows. You won't find any fluff or BS here, just tried and true strategy. Are you ready? Grab your kids some snacks and charge those camera batteries. It's time to jump in. Hello, friends. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I have the honor and privilege of working up close and personal with so many photographers, and it's always eye-opening to hear the questions and see the obstacles that my clients are having. Today's episode is inspired by situations and business models that I've seen over the years. I'm revealing the two non-negotiable steps when booking your clients so that you can avoid nightmare situations and ensure your clients really do have a professional and exceptional experience. All right, the first thing that is absolutely a non-negotiable is your contract. Contracts They're not optional. You have to have a contract to protect your business. If you're wanting to be treated and paid like a professional, it's really important that you are using contracts in your business because it not only protects you as the business owner and the photographer, but it also protects your clients and lets them know that the money that they are investing in you is going to actually be handled correctly. They're going to get the service and experience that they deserve. So contracts are not optional. Another tip for contracts, because I know the word contract can sometimes be very scary, I like to call mine a client agreement. So when my clients actually receive the contract in the booking process, it actually says Brooke Janae Photography Client Agreement. And that's just a more friendly way um, for people to actually read through the contract because they are agreeing to the clauses that are in there, right? That's kind of the whole point. So I call mine a client agreement. Feel free to steal that for yourself if you want. And you can just call it the good old contract if you want to do that as well. So inside of your contract, there are some clauses, which are basically the paragraphs, the sections of your contract that you want to make sure that you are outlining. And the ones for sure that you need are what they're actually receiving. So what is the contracted package? This is where you need to lay out the time of the session. What are they going to receive? Are they receiving just digitals? Are they receiving prints and products? What are they actually getting in return for that service? So anything tangible that you include needs to be listed in this contracted package. The other clause would be your reschedule policy, also known as a postponement 
policy, whether you are a portrait photographer or an event photographer of any kind, this is crucial that you know what you're doing when someone wants to reschedule, whether it's their wedding or their family session. How many reschedules are you going to allow? That needs to be very clear. What is the process that that person needs to take? And then you need to, of course, outline any refund policies that you have, cancellation policy, no-show policy. So what are you going to do when it's 10, 15 minutes and your clients haven't even showed up at the session? At what point does it automatically turn into going from them being late to now you saying that you're canceling the session because you don't have adequate time to complete it? And then the last one would be, what are their rights? What do they get ownership to? What are they going to be able to do with the final images, prints, or products? So those are just a couple of the clauses that really need to be found in every photographer's contract. Now, one of the biggest questions that I get when it comes to contracts is, where do you get one? And I want to be very clear that you want to make sure you are using a legal contract because it's not going to do you any good if you just piece together a contract that you find online, but then you take it to small claims court or to actual court or whatever that might look like. And you start having, you know, attorneys read through it and they realize some of the things in there don't even apply to you or your state. So you have to be really careful with where you get your contracts. But I will also be the first person to say that back when I first started my business in 2014, I just grabbed one off the internet. I did. And I'm so thankful that nothing super horrible ever happened and I didn't get myself into a sticky situation Because I'm telling you right now, those contracts probably would have never held up in court or in any legal system. So when you are getting a contract, you want to make sure that you are using a legal contract. And there are several places online that you can get it from. You could use a local attorney. I recommend going to brookjefferson.com slash contracts and checking out my attorney's website. So she has contracts that you can get right there online. She really is my actual business attorney. And so that link, brookjefferson.com slash contracts, will take you over there as well. You can make sure that you're getting a contract that you can trust and that you can input into your client management system. So number one is the contract, non-negotiable. An early mistake that I made in the beginning of my photography business was not requiring a retainer. I honestly struggled so hard with this concept of making people put down money before I actually did their session. It's so weird to think because it's like night and day now. Obviously now I am not even scheduling someone unless they've paid a retainer. But, you know, just thinking back to beginner Brooke, I was terrified. I just felt horrible. And I just assumed that people would not book me if I did make them pay a retainer. But that could not be further from the truth. And then the other thing too was when I wasn't, making people 
put down a retainer of any kind, then I was left with clients that they had no skin in the game. So they either were super late or they chose not to show up or they backed out at the last minute. And that is not a sustainable strategy. There is one time that sticks out in my brain all these years. And I think about it every single time. I thought about it as soon as I was outlining this episode for you guys. I remember years and years and years ago, if I was going to have to pinpoint when I think it happened, I would probably say 2015 or 2016. So one or two years into my business still was not requiring retainers yet. I remember that I drove probably 45 or 50 miles to the location from my house to meet these clients. We were going to do their session out by the lake. And I sat there for 30 minutes and they never showed up. And she texted me probably like 20, 25 minutes in, basically telling me that they were late and that they were, you know, they were trying to get out the door. And then at 30 minutes, I finally was like, wow, this is not happening. And um, she never would text me back. Like they never showed up. It was wild. And so I just think about that. And I think, wow, I wasted, not only did I waste an hour driving there, I wasted 30 minutes sitting there. And then I wasted another hour driving back home with no money to show for it. It was three hours, basically two and a half away from my family. My kids were probably at this point, I would have been, I would have just had my daughter. And so she would have been around two. Yeah, you guys just, just don't make the same mistake. So number two, your second non-negotiable in your business is requiring a retainer. It's just crucial. You already know the why I've, I've made that, that a point already. But another thing that I want to point out, this is just like a little tip here. You don't want to call it a deposit. You want to refer to it as a retainer. And the reason why is because the word deposit is usually used in situations where you put something down like at a hotel or at an apartment complex or if you rent, a lot of people, you know, you put down a deposit and then you get your deposit back. A retainer is a percentage of the total amount that they're going to pay you anyway. It's just a certain percentage is due up front before the services actually happen. And then the remainder is due either at the time of the service or before the service. So that's just a little, I see people post all the time about their deposit. I want you guys to take the word deposit and change it out for retainer. That's going to get you a lot further. Again, we talked about the clauses in your contract. Please make sure that you talk about your retainer clause in your contract, what it is, how much it's going to be, what it's used for, and most importantly, that it is non-refundable. And then you want to be really clear on what is your retainer. And so I will just give you my best tip here. It either needs to be a flat fee across the board and it's got to be an amount people care about. So I typically say at minimum $100 down for that non-refundable retainer. And then the rest can be due whenever you require your second payment. The reason that I suggest this is because I have seen, especially in my own business and of course, all of my students and clients, the people that are charging less than $50 
people just don't, they're just not phased by it. Like they think in their mind, well, that's okay. I'm losing 50 bucks, but at least I don't have to pay the other 300, 400, $500. So when you're thinking about a retainer, you can think about it as a flat fee. So for me, this is what I do personally for my business. I choose a flat fee that no matter what type of session you're booking with me, you're paying this amount up front to even get on my calendar. And then the other option would be you could do a percentage. So if you're using a client management system, then you could use a percentage and it could be 20% or 40% of your total that is due up front. And that could also go across the board. That's my best tip for retainers because I know it's scary. I know it feels scary and it feels out of your comfort zone to do this. And if you're not doing this, I'm trying to save you from the early mistakes that I made in my business. And I really want you to make sure that you have the contract and the retainer in place. And speaking of contracts and retainers, did you know Irisworks provides you with templates for both? Irisworks is your go-to photography business management software. Irisworks is the simplest studio management system on the market, and I can attest to this because I've seen so many of them. I switched from another software myself and quickly fell in love with the simplicity of Irisworks. If you're looking for one place to manage your clients, invoices, payments, contracts, etc., then you need Irisworks. Head to brookjefferson.com slash iris. And you can save 20% with my code Brooke, that's B-R-O-O-K-E in all caps. You guys, Irisworks is what allows me to really put these two non-negotiable pieces in place because it requires my client to check the boxes for choosing their date, signing my contract, and paying that retainer before they are officially booked. So they're doing it all in one swoop. I'm not having to chase my clients down the road and beg them to sign my contract or beg them to pay the retainer. I love that it is literally one, two, three, and they're booked and they get a confirmation email from me. So if you don't have this in place, this is my biggest recommendation is to make sure that you set up this booking process. And we're going to link to some episodes where we talk about systems. So if that's something that you're really into um, or something that you know you need in your business, I want to give you some relevant podcast episodes where you can go ahead and continue your podcast binge and start taking notes for your photography business. But guys, that's all I have for you today. These two non-negotiables that you need in your photography business, contracts and a non-refundable retainer. I hope you found this helpful and I will see you on the next episode.